Guten Tag, footy fans. Welcome to the 15th episode live in Germany with your host, Hugh Roberts. Each episode, I dive into the journeys and experiences of professional athletes and debate current soccer topics. Backyard Footy is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts. That's bgn.fm on the internet. You can also follow them on Twitter at the bgn.fm. Have the hometown legend here with me, Joe Jow. Little background on us, watching this guy grow up in your hometown and seeing this man go from the Bethesda Rome Runners local club to the IMG Academy to Florida to Germany is inspiring, and that's kind of what motivated me throughout my youth years. We never really played against each other, but we watched each other growing up throughout the years, and we trained together almost every winter break in the offseason. So without further ado, I welcome my guest, Joe Jow. What's good, homie? How's everything? Everything's good, man. Good to be on the show. How you enjoying Germany? I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Besides the cold and the wintertime, everything else is good. <laughs> So I know you've been dealing with a little injury. I was with you this morning. Yep. How you been recovering things with that? Uh, things have been going really well. Um, yeah, I was going on like um, a little over three weeks now, but I'm jumping back into training. I want to say next week, you know, I'm just uh, finished up my run test and a couple of physicals and things like nice. that. So, yeah, it's coming along well. How you been enjoying this team personally? It's been good, you know, it's been good. Um, I was just happy to make the jump mm-hmm. uh, so quick from third league in the after, uh, you know, the past year, year and a half. So, um, yeah, it's been definitely good. New team, the new guys, new coach and everything. Actually, we actually got a new, new coach because the coach that was here when right. I got here ended up getting fired. So um, the new guy that came in after him, you know, he's also a, a good coach, came in immediately. We got a, got a dub, our first dub of the season. And, yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting back on the pitch and helping the guys. Do you guys like him in comparison to the old coach? Um, they're different, you know, they're, um, they've got different coaching styles. Mm -hmm. Um, can't really tell you like which one is better, but you know, obviously with the new guy, we've been getting a little bit more results. So yeah. I'm sure it's tough, you know, transitioning to a new coach in the middle of the season. How do you guys kind of adjust it? I know you guys had team dinner tonight, you know, getting a little chemistry going, but how do guys kind of have a quick turnaround and get ready for that in the middle of the season? Um, it's pretty much just trying to figure out what style of play that your coach likes, you know, and then trying to adjust to that. Mm-hmm. Um, every coach has a different style. Every coach has, you know, a different type of philosophy. Philosophy. So the quicker you can get adjusted to that, then I feel like you have more time to, you know, tr- uh, maybe mold your game or switch your game to, to, to fit what mm-hmm. he likes so you can get a better chance of playing. So, yeah, I was with you this morning during rehab. But you guys have some of the best, you know, recovery things already. Professional equipment, pretty much top class from top to bottom. How how do they treat you guys here, though? You know, with equipment, gear, um, treatment, hotel staff. You know, the second division here in Germany is still pretty legit. So, how do they treat you guys? Oh, uh, it's great. You know, anytime you come down with a knock or a serious injury, you know, get treated ASAP. You know, they send mm-hmm. you to this top specialist. Um, they'll get you treated at the hospital. Um, they'll set you up with a with physical therapy. You know, they'll give you the whole plan for the week, depending on how long you're out. So, I mean, they're on top of their stuff over here. In comparison to the third division team you were on last year, mm-hmm. is it kind of similar, or is it is some more money involved? So they take care of you guys a little better. Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously more money involved, but I want to say like in general, Germany is really well on like the medical side of things. Mm-hmm. So. Um, 
but yeah, when there's more money involved, then you know the the, the facilities and certain things are, are, are going to be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So, do most guys live in the city, or most guys live in this apartment complex over here? How does it work? It depends, yeah, you know, because a lot of guys on the team they got families and stuff. So some guys live on the outside, some guys live in the in the center, some guys live in the next city over. You know, some guys are from the area, so they're around here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but me, me and uh, my other two teammates, we chose out here because it's a little bit quieter. But we're close to the city at the same time, so that's yeah. why. Yeah, that's nice. So, see, so you got one goal already in six games and two starts, yep. but you also balled this preseason, scoring a couple goals. How's your confidence grown being on this team? Oh, uh, it's been good. You know, I mean, even coming into the season, I was already confident. You know, after like once you're in the game or you know you're playing for a so for so long, there's mm-hmm. certain things that like. You're not supposed to let people take away from you. Mm-hmm. One of them, that's your confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, if you let somebody take your confidence, you know, then you're gonna be falling off your game mm-hmm. quite a lot because mm-hmm. there's gonna be a lot of things that's gonna be, you know, bouncing you off your game. So, right. yeah, coming into the season, I was confident just off the fact that I had a strong season last year, and then, um, yeah, in the beginning, like I wasn't really playing as much as I wanted to. You know, like it wasn't because of of my play or anything. It was just like, I don't know, I just didn't fit yeah. in the system at, at the time, you know? Yeah. Um, we weren't doing so well at the time either. And then, it just so happened, like, the last, like, my first start came about because one of my teammates had a kid that day, that day before. Mm-hmm. So then we're like, look, yo, you about to start. And so, I mean, I was, I was ready. I was ready. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, I was doing my extra stuff, doing my extra training. And turns out, I went on, scored that game. I won uh, Team of the Week for the mm. weekend. Yeah, then we went into uh, to Cologne the next weekend, the first place team. They were top of the table, and we beat them again 2 once. and mm. I started that game as well. After that, unfortunately, that's when I picked up this little foot thing. Gotcha. But, you know, whenever I got my chances, yeah. I try to use it. What's your role kind of like on this team? Do you have a role yet, you feel like? Um, yeah, like... You know, you definitely every in every team you got like your pacey players and something like that. So I feel like I'm one of those guys, you know, that's good for the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes if uh, you're trying to, you know, play deep, something like that against a top side, against a tough side. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm definitely one of the guys that can help out in transition. So yeah. People and Nick say what's good. <laughs> <laughs> People said shout out Bethesda. Hey, shout out Bethesda, <laughs> my boy Pivo. <laughs> So what's the differences in the German Division Three and Division Two? Um, man, it's like a lot of people don't like when I first went to the third division. People were like, "Well, I don't know." Yeah, they don't know how tough that league is, yeah. man. Like, yeah. it's real physical. It's a lot of guys in there, a lot of young players, a lot of like veterans that are playing in the top leagues, and a lot of guys in there just trying to make it out. You know, so it's like real physical. Ninety minutes, like definitely taxing on the body so it was a it was a tough year it was like um very physically you know taxing in the long run but the level was definitely very good and then up in in second division you have like a little bit more quality okay. uh, brought in there but it's also like a, a very hard working league you know transition a lot of counters but i mean that game that's kind of like my game so yeah yeah What's the atmosphere kind of like? You said you're averaging, what, like fifteen to 20,000 fans? Yeah. The atmosphere is always good. I mean, German attendance has always been good over the years, so I can't really complain about that. And just like I was saying earlier, like, now with Cologne and Hamburg in the league, you got two Bundesliga teams, yeah. so uh, 
Cologne, they averaged like what forty thousand fans. Wow. Wow. Like the night that we played them, it was a Monday night. There was like fifty thousand fans almost. Um, Hamburg, you know, they're always getting at least thirty, forty. Uh, Kiel, a lot of these teams, man. man Reagan's boy. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the true soccer experience, to be yeah. honest. I mean, the passion, fans, the supporting group, home sure. and away. I'm sure they travel for your away games. Oh yeah, too. yeah, they travel. Yeah. They travel with the squad. Well, what's German football even like, though? You know, in terms of the tactics, the style of play, what's it kind of like? It's always been, like, big tactically from, I mean, from when I first came out here as a young man, like, I've been able to kind of see it grow because I was here when they, when they won that World Cup in 2014. So I'd already been here for, like, three years or so. Mm. I mean, they put a lot of emphasis on the youth. You can see it with the youth academies and everything like that. They try to you know, build them from young. Mm-hmm. And tactically, you know, they put a huge emphasis on the tactics, just like shape and shifting mm. defense-wise and then how you transition into the offense. Mm. So, I mean, you definitely get a full sight of the game, you know, from all from all ends of it. Well, you've been here since you were a teen, so, of course, you know, it's been grooming with you for over the years. But someone like me, let's say I came over here next year, from the start, they kind of... You know, groom you into the system in preseason. Yeah, make like, you study film, et cetera, to learn the system. How would it work? Yeah, like just in trainings when you have like tactic training, the coach will just be with you all the time because they kind of want you to pick it up quick. Especially if they want to like incorporate you into the game quickly. Yeah, you got to pick up that stuff fast. You know. Yeah. Um. Because sure. I mean, I've also um, experienced a lot of guys come over and they didn't pick up the tactical aspect real quick and then. Gone. You're kind of like out of luck on that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. As we said earlier in the day, you know, a coach can really impact your career or hurt your career. So, you know, yeah. trying to learn these tactics and the style of play is important as, as soon as you can. Yeah, <clears throat> is there kind of a tough language barrier or are you fluent? Yeah, I'm fluent now, but I definitely have seen when there's a, when there's a language barrier, though. Like, uh, you know, I've had, I played with a couple of Korean guys, a couple of Japanese guys that haven't been able to, like, speak the language. Mm-hmm. And... Like, when you're on the field or when the coach is trying to tell you something in the middle of the game and you can't really understand, yeah, it's definitely yeah, tough, yeah, yeah. you know? So, picking up the language definitely was big for me because now there's, like, no problem. Yeah. Anytime they want to tell me something, I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if I could recommend it, learn a language as quick as possible if you're yeah. in a foreign country. Your season's kind of different than American soccer. You guys go from August to, you have a little break in December and then January again to, like, just about June. Yeah. So at this point of the season, you guys are getting ready for winter break kind of soon. What's the focus? Like, how, how are you guys preparing for the halfway point of the season? Um, just trying to get as many points as possible to the winter break. You know, take a couple of days off, and then we head back in it. We come back early, around like the 3rd or the 4th. Mm-hmm. We already start training. We had to training camp um, in Portugal on the 14th. But, um... Yeah, man, out here it's just game to game because, I mean, anything can happen. Like, especially the last 10 weeks of the season, that's yeah. when teams start, like, really pushing for points, you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. I know you've never played, really played pro in America, yeah. but from the outside looking in, what's the comparison to the American game and the German game? Um, Yeah, like you said, I haven't played in America since I was a... I haven't played in America since I was a kid, man. So, I mean, just from, like, watching, um, I don't know. Just from, like, watching, I just feel like maybe from a tactical standpoint, it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, But, 
in America, I feel like there's a lot of athletes. There's a lot of a good lot of athletes. athletes yeah. There's a lot of good athletes. And that's the aspect. That's one aspect that Americans bring to the game. You know, so Athleticism. The athleticism. That's why, you know, when we do make it over to Europe, I think that's why we thrive. Mm-hmm. I was kind of listening to your doctor earlier. I couldn't really interpret too much, but I think he was talking about a player that he knew that was playing over in America, but he was mm-hmm. saying how he was good technically, but he wasn't like the strongest. Right. And I mean, I was thinking that to myself, that's kind of our problem with America. We don't really give the smallest athletes the chance right. because we're so used to athleticism, big, guys, big yeah. guys and this and that. But really, as we see worldwide, it's the smartest players in soccer. You don't have to be the biggest guy at all or the right. fastest. It's all about the brain. So when I was listening to him say that point, I was like, yeah, I mean, I agree with that completely. Yeah, and it's unfortunate with that, too, because a lot of Europeans aren't really the strongest or fastest, right. but they come here with this right mindset, but, you know, American coaches don't give them that time of day Exactly. Is there more added pressure here in Europe to perform because of how good it is and the money involved? Yeah, man. Like, you know, a lot of people say, like, there's no pressure except for the pressure that you put on yourself yep. and things like that. But, yep. like, at the same time, if your team is struggling, like, y'all need to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, not to put too much pressure on yourself, but, like, you guys got to perform yeah. and get the win. And then, within the team, you're out here, you're as a foreigner. All these guys, yeah. a lot of these guys are domestic guys. Yeah. You got to perform, you got to put out 150%, you know, because if you just give 100 and the other guy gives 100, they're going to take the domestic guy yeah. over you. Yeah. It's like, any day. It's like me, I'm a father, and my son is playing on a team. And the whole team is full of my kids, and then somebody else brings their kid. Yeah. yeah. He's just as one as good as one of my kids. I'm going to play my kid yeah. first before I play him. You know what I'm saying? It's right. nothing biased, it's just what it right. is. You know, so, yeah, just always trying to stay concentrated and, you know, not slip up, man, because it's, it's like sharks out here, man. Mm-hmm. Folks just wait to slip so they can get mm-hmm. on that field. And the inter- international spot, a lot of people don't really understand is you only get, how many here, like eight, seven, eight international spots um, pretty much on each team? Yeah, pretty much. But, like, out, I'm not, out here as an American, you're not considered there's like certain rules. Oh. So like Brazilians and like Africans, there's like different rules really? for for them as opposed to Americans. Because I remember when I was playing at Hoffenheim under 23, mm-hmm. um, for the second team, there was this Tunisian kid named Ahmed Sassi. Mm-hmm. He wasn't allowed to play on the second team for some reason because like um, you're only allowed to have a certain number of like you know Africans and Brazilians yeah, on the yeah. team to play, but yeah. like I was able to play. Yeah. So yeah, there's like there's there's a lot of rules. And the rules, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure people find their way. Yeah, they find loopholes. So do you think you'll stay overseas for a little while, or I know uh, you got some yeah, time man. left? We're young and stuff, but for sure, as long as you can. Yeah, yeah. as long as I can, really. Definitely. Just see where it goes. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like I came out here just to go back anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I came out mm-hmm. here to. You know, accomplish some, you know, finish a mission that I started. Mm-hmm. And um, it's always tempting to go back home, that's for sure, though. Of you course. Know, I'm never going to rule that out 100%. No place but, like home. Yeah, there's no place like home, man. There's no place like home. Yeah, you know, and then you sometimes you kind of take it for granted until you leave for a long yeah. time. Yeah. You realize, like, yeah. man, <laughs> like, states is just mm-hmm. the best place, ever, <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, man, just for now, I'm just trying to see, see things out out here. You go home as much as you can? Yeah, as much yeah. as I can, you know. Whenever I can get a break, 
um, whenever we get a break, I try to go home. You know, a substantial break, but I try right. to come home primarily right. winter and summer. Right. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. But I know it's been tough not going home like that, missing holidays and over the years. It's been tough, man. I can't even lie to you. My grandma be like, Joe, when are you going to come home? When are you going to be home for Thanksgiving? I haven't been home for Thanksgiving since I was like 15. Wow. Man. Missing that good food. Missing that good food, man. <laughs> missing that good food. You know, luckily, like Christmas dinners are are, are like, um, you know, Thanksgiving dinner sometimes yeah. with the food yeah. and the macaroni and cheese and all that. But, yeah. you know, definitely missing the holidays, missing the fam, missing yeah. the little cousins yeah. and sisters and yeah. everybody growing up. And stuff. Right, right. It's tough sometimes. Right. But you got to do what you got to do. Love yeah, for the man. sport. Love for the sport. You got to make sacrifices sometimes. So let's dive into your story. So your father played soccer as well, Philip Jow. Yep. Well-respected guy in this whole country, pretty much. He, he was on the U.S. national team growing up. So that, did that kind of influence you as a youth to play soccer? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like me just being young and then just being around the game yeah. all the time. Like, yeah. you have no choice. Not like in a bad, in a negative way, but like yeah. when you're around something all the time, you're going to be, you're going to indulge in it. So right. all his friends were playing. Right. All my like everybody was playing everybody that i knew that was older than me was playing right you know, i saw it on tv all the time so right. yeah so it's the same that. thing for me pretty much my dad played in college so it's always around the men's league team and him exactly. just playing constantly so you're kind of just thrown into it thrown into it <laughs> and then when you're good at it too you just stick with it yeah so you played for bethesda road runners growing up a very good club in maryland before academy days and then while you're in high school, you take the leap to IMG Academy. Yep. So how did I, IMG even come about, though, back in high school? So that was like back and when... Sorry, sorry. For those who don't know, IMG Academy is one of the top prestigious sports academy in this whole country. So pretty much if you're good, you're going to IMG Academy because you know your chances of going to college slash pro is up there. So, yeah, continue though. Yeah, so that was back when they had uh, the ODP days. Yep. So like... At that time, when I was playing for the Roadrunners, we were also all going out for ODP, like Maryland State team. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you go to the region team. And then from there, you'll get picked for the national team. Mm -hmm. So, like, from U14 all the way on, I was making the national team camps. And then once the U17 age group hits, that's when everybody moves down to Florida for two years. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, funny story, um, the U15 camp rolled around. And I didn't get a call up. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh man, my time with the national team is done. And that's how it usually was. Like early. Once yeah, yeah once you saw a homie like not on the list, like yeah. they weren't getting called yeah. back after that. So yeah. I was like, damn man, I guess it's really done. Yeah. And then so I, I like missed a few camps for U fifteen and then all of a sudden, um uh Hackworth, John Hackworth, the coach at the time, they called my parents and then my dad was like, Yeah, they invited you to come to IMG. And oh, I was wow. like, Oh man. Wow. So yeah, after my ninth grade year at Bullis, I went down to IMG in tenth grade. So yeah, that's how that came about. Man, and then from there, you pretty much, you know, how was that for you in terms of grooming you for your career? Man, it was it was good, you know, just uh, being in a more professional environment, mm-hmm. um, just going down there playing soccer pretty every day. Yeah, you know, yeah. like living with your teammates, yeah. training every day, playing games, you know, um, playing against, and then that was my first like real. Um, measuring point against like international comp. Yeah. So like when we played those Nike friendlies against Russia, against Turkey, against Brazil, like that's where you see some of the like top guys now. Like we played against Neymar, 
You got oh, you got you at that time. Yeah, like that 2007 Nike Friendlies when we beat Brazil. I think it was Tuesday. They came out of Florida. Yeah, I think I came and saw that. It was a showcase. That yeah, it was weekend, a showcase. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dis- I didn't even know they were on the showcase. But it was like some Nike Friendlies. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was called. Yeah, and like we were down there, and yeah, Coutinho was there with the squad, that's man. Crazy. And we, we beat those boys, and then like that's when like you kind of see how other countries develop a little bit quicker because like then at that time he was playing for Vasco da Gama mm-hmm. so he was already like in the first team environment already you know mm-hmm. and like we were only competing amongst ourselves you know the best way that we could but those guys were playing pro so then the next year we played against them in the 08 friendlies mm-hmm. and them boys where was this at? huh? where was this at? this was in Cali this was in Cali man and them boys came back and they stopped us, bro. <laughs> Coutinho had a hat trick. Neymar was out there just, Jeez. you know, scissoring dudes. And I was like, man, these the same dudes from last time? Right, right. Because I remember the first time we washed them boys. We were like, oh, snap, this is it. And they came, like, Neymar was playing every weekend for Santos. Could you tell stuff. then that Coutinho and Neymar, they're next level and they're ready? Yeah, like, I mean, from the, from the first time we played them, mm-hmm. um... Like, you could still see, like, yeah, okay, them, those are the dudes, you know, but mm-hmm. we still, you know, did our thing. Just because, like, we were fa- we were just faster than them. Mm-hmm. We were just stronger and faster than them. Right. And um, then, when we played them the next year, that's when you just saw, like, the knowledge of the game come right. out. Like, Coutinho was in there just pinging one, twos, moving, mm. first touch, like, that one-touch game. I yep, hadn't developed yep, that yep, one-touch game yep. yet. I was like, I was raw. I was yeah. getting it, and I'm going to try and shake <laughs> three people before I get yeah. it off. But he was like, I'm going to get it. Bop, move, bop, first-time shot. Like He was thinking ahead mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. So that's that's when I was like, that. That's something I didn't even learn until after college. Bro. Right. And like, you're, we're in high school now, and they know that yeah. already. Like That's almost 10 years yeah, before man. when I even learned that. Exactly, so. Right. Exactly. Imagine that, and they progress into how they are now. Like exactly. you see it, it's getting it. crazy. Man. Yeah, you're one of the few guests that I've had though that didn't really go the college route. Why did you kind of choose? I mean, obviously you want to be a professional, mm-hmm. but is that what kind of led you? You know, to go the IMG route instead of going the college route and then into professional. Um, it was pretty much like uh, my my dad. You know, my mm-hmm. dad was like. Like, the earlier you can get into Europe, the better, you know? Because mm-hmm. at the time, I was actually uh, already going on college visits. Mm. Like, I actually went on a college visit with Julio to Maryland. <laughs> As a freshman high school? As a sophomore. sophomore? Yeah. <laughs> like, I went down, uh, we went down to UMD with, uh, with Julio, and I was shadowing with Rodney, Rodney Wallace. Wallace yeah. Yeah, so we went to a game and they took us out after. <laughs> we was up at a, what was that bar called? Uh, it was that bar right there in the center, in the middle of College Park. Oh, um, I know you're talking about though. Yeah, yeah. so we was up there. Um, but yeah, like my dad was like, "Look, the early if you have a chance, the early you can get into Europe, then the better." You yeah. know, so yeah. that's why we went on that okay. route as soon as Hoff and I made contact. Okay, we took that route. How they even make contact with you while you're at IMG? I had an agent at the time. Mm. Um, I was working with WMG, Dan Siegel, and mm. they hit him up. And that's how that came about. Mm. 
they just hit you, hit them up, said you're they're interested and they yeah. wanted to bring you out. Yeah. So they, uh, me and Charles Rankin, and they yeah. was like, um, yeah, they signed us both when we were like sixteen. So we, I was still in, I was still on IMG at that time though. I had to finish that out first before I could go over, mm-hmm. and I wasn't even then. I had signed, but it was like a pre-contract because yeah. like it wasn't in effect till I was eighteen. Yeah. So you were going straight to the academy, basically. Uh, or? yeah. It was yeah. the plan was to go straight to the U nineteen first, and then I was there at U nineteen for six months. Then I was at the second team for six months, and then I was gotcha. full time with the first team. Mm. How was that, you know, progression for you? Did that help you or were you, of course, you're eager to make that leap to the first team right away as a youth, but would you say, you know, going through the youth system to the 17, like you were just explaining? Yeah, I mean, like, but even before I went over to Germany, like, I had to get loaned out first to Vancouver Whitecaps. Oh, I didn't know. I was up in Canada for a minute and there was a German coach there that knew the coach, um, knew one of the managers at Hoffenheim. So they were like working with me before I even went. To Hoffenheim, so he kind of got me like right. Ready. He had me watching Hoffenheim clips when like Carlos Eduardo and wow. Luis Gustavo and Demba were there. So, wow. Like we I didn't would even know Demba was there. Yeah, so like before school, we would meet in this portable at the school. At the school, he would uh, like get the school to, you know, uh, leave us the portable free yeah. so we could watch film, like at like seven a.m. before school, and then we would go to school after that. So that helped me, like, you know, dive into the game. Yeah. And then once I got over there into the academy at, um, at Hoffenheim, I was, I mean, I was ready. Like, we had a tournament, and I went ham my first tournament. Really? I think the trophy is, yeah, this is the trophy. I won MVP in my first tournament. I was playing, like, number 10. I was Jeez. going ham. And that's all because you said, you know, you did your homework and prepared did before. Did my homework, and I was yeah. ready. Like, they put me in this new position. I was ready for the position and yeah. everything. So, I mean, I was ready when I got over there. Was it challenging for you at first? Or, I mean, you said you're ready now, but you're still, you know, game speed. Nothing replicates games in actual playing. Exactly, actual exactly. Games, so. um, like, game-wise, I was, I, was, I was ready, you know? Because it was yeah. still youth ball yeah. at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody was still, like, my age. And I'm a young 92, so yeah. a couple guys were still yeah. even older than me. Yeah. So that's why I was able to, like, adjust quickly. Mm-hmm. Cause like physically, like they couldn't couldn't really hang. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so jumping into that, the the biggest barrier was just the language and the culture. Yeah, cause like down there it was like farmland. And you're by yourself too. And I was by myself, man, at like seventeen. So wow. I'm like, geez. Yeah, man. <laughs> it was it was rough, man. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like those first few months, cause when I was there, I was living with a host mom. Mm. I was living with a host mom and she couldn't speak any English mm. and she didn't have no internet the first mm. like four or five months, bro. <laughs> Yo. As a team with As no a internet. team with no internet. So I was playing these Xbox games but no online. Oh my God. Like I'm on the computer but no Skype, no FaceTime, no streaming, no shows. I'm in the crib just staring at the wall just thinking about the fam, the homies, like, Yo, that sounds miserable. Yeah, the, the the good thing was that Hoffenheim put me in school. They had me in a German course from like 8 to 12. Okay. So the first half was, the yeah. first half of the day was, you know, straight. I was, you know, social yeah. with a couple of people. Yeah. And then, you know, after that, I'll come home and 
I would try to speak to my guest mom, but we couldn't really communicate at first because I couldn't speak it. Mm. So it's like a lot of hand motioning and like food, <laughs> wash clothes. Just like, to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. So then what I did with all that free time, then I just started like going out on my own, just playing with the ball and doing yeah. tricks and stuff like that. That's when I was heavy into that Joga Bonito yeah. stuff. I was so around I was, that time. Yeah, yeah, so I was doing all that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was that was tough in the beginning. You end up getting called up to the first team for Hoffenheim in 2012, but you still loaned out for two years to FC St. Pauli, yeah. the second division. Was that you know was that humbling for you? You still understand that you know you know you needed more minutes to the second division, or yeah, it was like to be honest though, like mm-hmm. I was training with the first team at the time, and right. like. That preseason that that I went on the loan, it was like more of an idea. So for my agent, he was like, well, oh, "You should okay. go on loan and like go play and stuff like that." And like, I'm young, and when you're young, just coming from the states, yeah, I wasn't really like thinking loan and yeah. this stuff and that. I was thinking like, I'm just trying to come out here and ball, Facts. you know. Mm. So, when he came with the idea of loan and go play, I was like, I mean, cool. If, if I'm going to go there and play, then mm-hmm. fine, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, that preseason, I was going ham at Hoffenheim. I had, like, seven goals in nine Sheesh. games in the preseason Sheesh. at, like, 19, 18. It's the first team, too. It's the first team. So, I was doing my thing. But at the time, they had also, like, you know, made a few new transfers, a few new guys and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So my agent was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, which isn't bad. He was just thinking, like, okay, maybe they got a new, a couple new big guys. Maybe it's best if we go somewhere with him and he goes and play, you know? Yeah. But now when I look back on it, because that season, Hoffenheim was struggling with injuries. Like, they had injuries. Mm. They fired their coach, like, a whole bunch of stuff. So, like, in hindsight, if I had stayed... Maybe I would have ended up playing anyway, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so, like, I went yeah. to Pauli, and I signed there. And it was obvious. It was still a good experience, you know, a good learning experience. I still did my thing, too. Yeah. I was still 19 over there, still holding my own yeah. in the league. But, like, also, at first, I had a coach that wasn't really banging with me like that. Oh, gotcha. And, like, the first, like, five games, he didn't even play me at all. Like, barely even looked at me. Jeez. And I'm just thinking, like, man, what the heck? I just... You got loaned out for this. For, yeah, for this, man. What? He ended up getting fired. Mm. And a new coach came, uh, Michel Fonsec, and he started playing me immediately, you know? Mm. And that's when I started, like, rolling into things. And it was a good learning experience to finally get into, like, a big stage yeah. at, a, at a young age like that. Yeah. But then, like, me being older now... A lot of kids think like, oh, no, you got to go somewhere. You got to play immediately. But yeah. when you're that young, you can take your time and, like, train with the first team. Yeah. You know, you're still training up yeah. there. And anything happens during the season. It's long. Guys are going to yeah. get hurt. Yeah. So you just got to be ready to be right. in there, you know. But yeah. and like you said, I mean, at that time, what are you, like, 18, 19, yeah. too? So, I mean, you're still young and willing to take that time. But exactly. in America, 17, 18, you're getting ready to go to college. Exactly. You're only playing soccer for two months, playing 19 games in a full crazy, year. Crazy. <laughs> if you're starting every game, every right. 19 game, right. average kids probably playing like 10. That's it. That's wild. And you're supposed man. to develop these kids for America's first team, first <sighs> national team. Like that's wild. Man. It's backwards, and <clears throat> I'm not knocking the college game at all, but right. I think there needs to be some improvements because 
Yeah. You're 18 to 19 year old you know? right now playing with first team grown men. I mean, it's growing. The USL is like that now a little yeah, bit with some teenagers good. playing, but yeah. there still needs to be some more in terms of playing against first team guys and exactly. teenagers. So you're grooming and you're ready and prepared. It's just like a difference in in in. I want to say like the social style, you know, like mm-hmm. education. I'm not shooting education down at all, mm-hmm. but education is on such a high like platform it in is. the states, you know, like for all sports. Like it you is. gotta go to school, you right. gotta do this, right. you know. And in other countries, like education is on a high platform. Like the curriculum out here is harder than the one in the states. Mm-hmm. But like if you're on that track to soccer, you don't need it. Mm-hmm. If they see that, okay, we got this guy, mm-hmm. okay, he doesn't have to go to school. Like, yeah. can't, I can't even tell you how many guys out here that didn't even finish high school yeah. while they're playing pro, yeah. man. Like, a lot of guys yeah. didn't finish high right. school out here. You're committed to this journey and this grind. Like, that's kind of how it should be if you know right. and have an idea that you want to do this. Right. If not, of course, you have the option for education. Exactly. But that option still needs to be there for those who are ready to commit themselves right. for this journey. Right. <clears throat> and it's just like... Uh, how do I say, like, for, to be able to compete with other countries that are doing that, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, Like, just yeah. like how you said, yeah. in that time when Americans are going to school, 18 to 22, can you imagine a European kid from 18 to 22? That's when they improve the most, Yeah, you know? Like, yes. look at a guy like Mbappe right yes. now. Yeah. He, he would be in college right now. <laughs> he would be a freshman in co- or, or, or a yeah, sophomore yeah. in college right now. Yeah. Right. You know, and 22. Right. 22 is like, I'm trying to think of a 22-year-old. I mean, a guy like Dembele is 21. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Can you yeah. imagine? That's what I'm saying. Can you imagine if he just went on lockdown mm-hmm. for those four mm-hmm. years of his career? Like, where would he be at, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying, too. Yeah. And that's kind of the little differences and the little things like that. I mean, we'll see. We have a long way to go, but yeah. hopefully things can, you know, turn around, get on the right track. Yeah. So after making your first team debut with Hopheim in 2014, you joined Borussia Dortmund's U23s. Borussia Dortmund, for those who don't know, is arguably the second best club in Germany. And yes, that's where Christian Pulisic now plays the U.S. national team star. So after all that hard work you were explaining before, how good did it feel to kind of join a prestigious club like Dortmund? It was good, man. It was really good because, like, when I had, after I came back off of my loan from Mm -hmm. Hoffenheim, that had so many new coaches come in and out. Like, this coach that was there wasn't really, like... He was like, yeah, who, who, who are these guys, you know? Yeah. Uh, they weren't really, like, plant making any plans with me. So, they sent me back to the second team when I came back to Hoffenheim. I was mm. like, what's going on? Mm. So, I was like, I accepted my fate. And I balled out that year with the second team. Mm. And then after, then I made that jump. Then after that, I got back onto the first team at Hoffenheim, and then they wanted to like um, talk about resigning and stuff like that. But Dortmund was in the picture, so I was like, "Nah, man, I'm trying to yeah. get out of here." Yeah, you know. So then it felt good to see that the the, the that the work had paid off, and I dug my nose down and I, I grinded it out. Were they scouting you before at Hoffenheim? Yeah, okay. Because the thing was. David Wagner, he, he's the coach of Huddersfield Town now, mm-hmm. but at the time he was the coach of Dortmund's second team. He used to be a coach at Hoffenheim, the U17 team. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really know him because I was playing U19, mm-hmm. and so I didn't really see him much. But like he had been scouting me, and he's half American. And he had been scouting uh-huh. me for a minute. So he's the one that brought me over to Dortmund. And the funny thing was, when 
I had already like was about to sign my deal with Dortmund. I was playing with the first team at Hoffenheim, and then we played against Dortmund in Dortmund. And I came in and played like twenty minutes, and they were at the stadium, and they saw me. They were like, "All right, cool. Let's funny make this how deal things happen. work like that. Yeah, yeah. Let's make this deal happen. Yeah. So yeah, it felt good to get over there, man, because it was like ah, I felt like I was going through right so track. much yeah. at the time, man, and you know, I wasn't really happy at Hoffenheim. I didn't really want to stay, you know, yeah. just because a lot of stuff had happened in the previous years, you know, right. besides, you know, some of the other stuff that I stated. Yeah, it just felt good to, felt good for a new journey, new chapter, yeah, new challenge to get out of there, man. That was, that was, it was great. What were some of the immediate differences in terms of, like, player treatment and, you know, the facilities and stuff you noticed instantly as soon as you made um, that switch? I'm not going to lie to you. Hoffenheim probably has, like, one of the best facilities oh, really? in Germany, yeah, because it's, like, they have... It's one of the richest clubs, mm-hmm. but um, just tradition-wise, Hoffman, I mean, uh, Dortmund has so much more history. Yeah, you know, it's like a, a traditional club with a lot of success. Mm-hmm. A lot of big players have played there, mm-hmm. and just uh, the fan base is huge. You know, Hoffenheim is a fairly new team. You know, and Dortmund they just have that rich, rich fan base and tradition. Yeah. That's like ingrained. So yeah. when you get in there, you get in that stadium, it's huge. How many fans can hold it? 80,000, man. So like you get in there, you see that, you feel that. And the fans, like they live the game. Yeah. So like that's honestly the biggest, that was the biggest difference for me. What was the like plan for Jurgen Klopp, who's now the current coach for Liverpool in England? Man, that plan for him was, it was definitely tight, man. Yeah. He's one of those guys that like, when he gives you the green light, like, he literally gives you the green light, you know? That's what you need. That's what you, that's what you need as a player. And, you know, there's only, there's, like, you know, a handful of, of coaches that, like, really, really do that, you know? Yeah. Where you really feel like the coach is behind oh, you. Yeah. Where it feels like the wind is behind you, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you run downhill and it's, like, feels like somebody's pushing you. Yeah. That's how it felt. Like, it's freedom, man. It's freedom, you know? Like, he used to tell me, like, in practice, like, look get that ball if you just see one person in front of you just go I'm never gonna tell you to pass it in that mm. situation I was like mm. you don't have to tell me twice <laughs> you don't gotta tell me twice that man. speaks volumes you for know? any kind of player yeah you know <laughs> so I was I was doing that and anytime so like I would how it happened I was first originally supposed to uh, sign with the second team okay but after two weeks of preseason with the second team coach Dave told Klopp he was like look you gotta take a look at this kid so I went up with the first team for the preseason, and they ended up keeping me up there for, like, the rest of the time being, you know. Um, the first couple games, because our season had started before the first team, so I played the first few games with the second team, and, like, I was doing my thing. Then I would go back into training with the first team, and Clock would be there, and he would be like, hey, I saw you on the weekend, man. Oh, wow. Keep, so then every game. Yeah, they were, like, watching, you know. They would keep uh, bouncing feedback back and forth. Then it came time. I started making the rosters with the first team. Mm. Yeah, man. So it's, mm. it's definitely dope. So they, you said you're, when you're in preseason and stuff, you know, he's giving you this freedom. But were you playing a good amount of preseason games then? The guys kind of accept oh, you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, Pop is big on young players. That's so, like, when I was up there playing preseason, I was playing, like, full 90s in preseason. And I was scoring goals, too. I was doing my thing up there, man. I was doing my thing. Were you on the first team for the full first year, or are you still juggling back and forth between? Um, the first, like the first few games of the sea of that season. Yeah, I was bouncing back and forth, but then after a while, then I was just up there, just yeah. permanent. Yeah, 
Were you starstruck seeing guys like Marco Royce and Obama Yang at the time? Um, nah, I don't want to say starstruck because at Hoffenheim I was playing with uh, Ryan Babel on yeah, 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 yeah. fight too, you know? Nice and Ryan too. was one of the guys that was like, in middle school, I was downloading his YouTube videos on my laptop <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, and watching his videos when he got bought up to Liverpool. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm in the same locker room with the big dog and I'm like, damn, okay. This is like my bro yeah, now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I even, me and, me and Ryan, we still talk like to this day yeah, on a regular awesome. basis. Anytime you go on vacation, right. stuff like that, like we, Damn, we talking dope. it up all the time. So that's him and right Edson, there. they were like big bros to me. They kind of yeah. took me in under their wing and stuff like that. Yeah. So like when I, when I got into Dortmund, then it was like cool to see big names like that, like that. But I looked at it as like motivation. Yeah. Like, cool, man. That's how it should be. You know, these guys are my counterparts now, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's that mentality, how it should yeah. be, and that's what's got you there so far. Yeah. So while you've been climbing up the ranks, you know, you mentioned earlier you were in call-ups to the U15 national team, but you were called up to the U17, the U20s, and the 23s. Yep. And then you also made your full-team debut as a 21-year-old. So talk about that experience, first of all, with the youth, the 17s, the 20s, and the 23s. How did that kind of help your career and help groom you? Uh, just because like, I was so familiar with the Federation, you know, with the Federation, a lot of the same people are in there. John Fleischman was with me since I was in like, <laughs> since I was with the U-17s. <laughs> so he, when I got up there with the first team, he was still reminding me of all the dumb stories, <laughs> things I used to do with U-17. So it was like a couple familiar faces up there. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, when I got that first call up, I was definitely happy about that because I've been waiting on it for a long time. Yeah. It was definitely one of my, yeah. it was one of my goals to, to, to get on the national team, you know, and, and get that, get that exposure, just like show the country, oh, yeah. show the world, you know, what I've been grinding, what I've been doing behind the scenes, you know. Would you say the 23s and the 20s helped you prepare for the full team? Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure throughout your, at that time, you're at Dortmund and Hoffenheim, so. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything prepared me for that moment, but, but like, nothing prepared me more for that moment than the stuff that I used to do with my pops, man. Gotcha. My dad built that foundation, yeah. everything. Talk about that, that a little bit. Yeah, like. We like, know him as, you know. Great legend back home, one of the best trainers, and you know, he gets everyone prepared for it, but obviously with people who don't really know. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. My pops, you know, used to play on the national team, um, played in the APSL, the league before the MLS. He was the MVP of that league in 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, big time player, man. He was about to go to the 1994 World Cup, too, you know, but he kind of got a little, a little snub. Um, <laughs> But yeah, man, he used to just train me since young. He he gave me that 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 fitness base, you know. Let me know how important fitness was in yeah. the game. Because yeah. when you're fit, you can pretty much do yeah. anything. The game is so much Doesn't easier when you you're fit. Either, yeah. mentally. You can just go and just play your game, and mm-hmm. that's what he instilled in me mm-hmm. since uh, since young. And just like the technical aspect, dribbling one on ones. Like we used to do one on ones for hours on and like. You can ask any. You can ask less. You can ask anybody that was on the Roadrunners with us. We used to do them one on ones like so much. <laughs> so when I so when I came of age, like anytime we would do one on one in training, like guys didn't want to go up against me, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I'm not. And it's not even like like a cocky type yeah. of thing. It's yeah. what it was. Right. It became second nature. Right. And that was all just because my dad had me just so familiar with with the one-on-one aspect of the game. Right. You know? Right. 
from early too. I mean, that's the roots. From early, people, you know, don't really take into consideration of someone's roots, but the roots go probably even further than what you're doing now because it's how you've been groomed from the start, and that's that mentality and it got you here that this far. So yeah, that's how it should be. You made your first team debut for the full national team in September 2014 with Czech Republic. And then a couple weeks later, you make your first team debut for Dortmund, subbing on the 75th minute. So what was that transition like with two weeks in between? It was, was the cool, biggest moments. Yeah. It was cool. You know why? Because like, first, the, the national team game was two days before my birthday. Man. And I got my first start. Ah. Clemson was like, cool, look, I'm going to give you the number seven shirt. And I'm going to start you and play you 90 minutes. Yeah. I was like, cool, man, cool. Called my pops ASAP. I was like, man, this is the moment, you know. And then two weeks after that, or a week after that, Mm -hmm. I get my debut with uh, Dortmund. And, like, when I came back from the national team duty, Klopp had everybody in the locker room. And he was like, look, Joe, you know, the young player, he just got his first team uh, debut with the national team. Let's give it up for him. Wow. Wow. So, like, yeah, man, he was congratulating. Like, he was giving the young and props, man. That's love. That's love. So then... Like, I came, when he sent me on for the game, uh, it was against Stuttgart, I believe. Yeah, we were tied, or we were down 2-1. And I came on for Aubameyang, gave me, like, a big hug. He was like, Let's just go out there and do your thing, man. Mm. So, yeah, mm. that was big moments, man. It was just mm. a good feeling, you know, just because, like, when you're out here on your own, there's a lot of stuff that yeah, you go through, yeah, like, yeah. mentally, People and in the that. game. Yeah. And it's just, for sometimes sure. it should be getting overwhelming, yeah. man, and yeah. Just to have those moments, yeah. it kind of like brought everything together, man. And I could see how happy my dad was too, man. Because yeah. he was like... Was he at the game? No, nah, no. Nah, but like, that's when he started getting in on Twitter and he was just retweeting <laughs> everything he saw about me, bro. He was like retweeting all the pictures. <laughs> he was like, yes, Joe. I was like, oh, man. When he's on social media too, and if yeah, I was on social media, It was know. like, oh, man. It felt great. Man, that's awesome. So would they let you know, how did it work on the national team? Did they let you guys know, let's say you're playing on Saturday, mm-hmm. you're training all week, would they let you know early in the week who's starting, or do you um, guys know this rotation? Nah, it was, before, it was the night before the game. Like, because we when you when we got into the national team, mm-hmm. I was we only trained a couple days before that game. Because I had a game, I believe, I got into camp a little bit later. Because mm-hmm. I had a game on like a, on, a, on a Monday or something like that. Yeah, it was a Monday night game. So, and we had a game Wednesday or something. So I came in and I had only trained one day or two days. And that's the, that night he had a meeting with me. And that's when he told me that, yeah, I was going to be starting. Man. Yeah, man. But I mean, that's a quick turnaround, though. Basically. Quick turnaround. And then is that how it kind of worked for Dortmund, too? They let you know, say you have a game Saturday as well. How, how soon would they let you know? Um, so with Dortmund, it was like you have your full regular week of training. And then... Uh, a day before the game, they'll give the roster, 18-man roster uh-huh. out. And then they'll let you know who's on the roster. Then I made the roster. And I knew I wasn't going to start because, like, he already had the lineup going. Yeah. Um, so then once it was game time and the game was going, you know, they hold your shirt up with your number on it. Then they're like, oh, you got to look up. And that's when you run to the line so you can get your stuff on get ready mm. to go in. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. That's not how it works here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some every club's different. Right. But I've had, like, Richmond, they tell you, you got to have a deal, an idea, like, midweek, who's starting or not. Steel, they wouldn't really let you know because of the first-team guys that are coming down and stuff. Right. They let you know, like, uh, yeah. a day or two before. Yeah. Pittsburgh, 
sometimes you wouldn't even know until most times he gives you a good day. Yeah. I know guys on Louisville. Louisville, I mean, they're back-to-back champions, but they wouldn't know, and still to this day, they don't know until the day of the game. Right. Really, oh, they walk into the locker room. You don't know what position you're going to play. You don't know who's starting. You just walk into How the locker room. get ready? How oh, you focus for that? I know, I know. But, they, hey, I give it to them because they're two-time champions. Yeah, yeah, so, but like, can't knock it. The only, they said, of course, you know, it keeps everyone sharp. It keeps everyone ready. Yeah. But, I mean, for me personally, I like to just prepare myself the night before, right, at least right. mentally, yeah. and get ready for battle. What was it like kind of playing with Landon Donovan and uh, Dempsey was on the squad too? No, it was just Landon. I played in Landon's farewell game. Oh, wow. It was cool, but him and uh, Clinton were having those issues at the time. So Mm -hmm. he had just flew in for the game and that was it. Because that was when Jurgen didn't call him for the World Cup at that Mm -hmm. time, you know? Mm -hmm. So he just came in, flew in for the game. But I mean, he was a cool dude. You know, we were on the bench together um, after the game, you know, just chatting it up and stuff. Definitely Mm -hmm. definitely a humble, down to earth Mm -hmm. guy. Playing in Germany most of the year, then getting called to the national team, were you able to like notice an instant difference in the quality of players and you know how the style was different? Um, with the between like Germany and the States, Germany and like the U.S. national team. Oh, okay. Um, I want to say like it was like a humongous difference in, in quality, but just like uh, just like the the style, you know, like with Germany when you have games and everything, everything is like real organized. You mm-hmm. got time for meeting. Mm-hmm. Lunch, then video, then this, then that. Mm-hmm. Like, when we came in for the state, oh, and then, like, when you eat in Germany, like, you gotta meet, everybody's gotta be sitting at the table ready. Then, once everybody's ready, then you go eat, and then you gotta wait till everyone's done eating, then the coach will tell you something, then you can go up to your yeah. room, you know? Yeah, but then we got back in to, like, back to camp with the states and it was just like back being America again yeah. like when it's dinner time you come grab your food you eat you <laughs> go back upstairs you can come at, you can come downstairs and slide <laughs> like uh, the meeting come down for the meeting coach says it quick get back up um, to your room chill yeah. like you know you had the vans you can go in the city go get food and stuff yeah. stuff like that like yeah. Germany is much more much more strict you make your second national team start in October 2014, but had to get subbed off in the 15th minute due to, was it MCL tearing the knee? Uh, yeah, at that time it was like, it was like um, my, my meniscus was jammed and I had a, a bone bruise, but it, it, they, thought, they thought it was a meniscus tear. Yeah, I'll never forget that moment personally because we were all watching you back at home, you know, yeah, the hometown guy balling out second star in a row. Yeah, man. Get that injury, a very unfortunate injury where you just step wrong on the field. Yeah, man. It was just like, because the field, that, that time the field was like, it was wet, mm-hmm. but like hard and slippery at the same time, you know? So mm-hmm. like guys didn't know, should we wear studs or should we wear uh, firm grounds? They didn't know. So I was, I was wearing studs at the time and like I was running down the line and I just poked it past the guy and I was about to save it. And then when I went to save it, like. I don't even know what happened, man. My foot just kind of like got stuck in the ground a little bit. I slid. And then like these two bones just like jammed uh, together. And You felt it? I felt it. I felt it instantly. But I was like, oh shit, the heck? And then the ball was kind of loose. Like I tried to like run. And then, oh no, no, the ball went out of bounds, right? Mm-hmm. They called it out of bounds. And I felt it. I was like, whoa. But then my guy, the, the, that defender, he made a run. So I like had to like finish the play. So I was running him down, and I was I was running. I was like, "Whoa, something's wrong, bro!" And then the ball went out of bounds. I went down. I was like, "Yo!" I mm. thought I was like, 
Because before that, I'd never been seriously injured yeah, before. Yeah. So it was unfamiliar. I was like, man, what mm. is up with my leg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went on the ground and everything was just flashing. I was like, why now? I know. Why now? Going through all that to hit like, the peak. Why uh, now, bro? Uh, why? 15 minutes in. 15 dude. minutes in, man. And we were playing good. We were up 1-0. Oh, and I'm like, man. And, my, and the crazy thing was like, my mom was there. My dad ah, was there. No, my little sister no, was there. Like no. I got him tickets. You know, my no. uncle was supposed to be up in there. Everybody was up in there watching, man. And the crazy thing is, I've been gone for so long. Like my parents don't get to see so me true. live. You know, my so dad hasn't true. seen me play live since I was in ninth grade, maybe, ah, man. Like before that game. Yeah, before that game, you know. My mom had come out. She had seen games and stuff. Yeah, yeah, my dad yeah, hadn't seen yeah. me play since I was like 14, 15, live. But that was the first time. Man. Mm. And then they had to carry me off. Man. Uh, I was hurt, man. How did that affect you mentally? Man, that killed me, man. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie to you. Bro. Yeah. After okay. that game, man, like, I'm just in the physio room and they're doing a the test. Like, okay, it's ACL negative. It's not, you know, it's not an ACL. It's just meniscus, you know. And I'm thinking like, oh, man. And then at the same time, like, oh, at least it's not my ACL, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I flew, uh, I flew with the guys to Florida. Um, so, you know, I was just hanging with everybody, you know, went to go eat and all that. And, you know, it was cool to be with the guys. But at the same time, my knee was stiff. Yeah. It was bugging me. It was you don't feel a part of the team either. Yeah, cause... man. I was just like, oh, yeah. I can't play. Yeah. So after that, they flew me back to uh, back to Dortmund, man, and um, went down and got my surgery on the fifteenth, I believe. And yeah, it was just it was it was a cleanup job, and that's when they saw like it was a bone bruise, mm. and that's where it all started, pretty much. Mm. So like, they thought it was just a bone bruise, so they were like, "Yeah, you should be good within like you know four weeks to a month, or I mean four or six weeks." So I'm thinking, hey, cool, yeah, shit, great I don't have news. to lose too much momentum. Yeah. So I'm back on the field. I'm already playing again with the second team within like a wow. month or so. Wow. And it's still hurting me though, but like it's nothing to where I'm like, yeah, I sit out crazy. We're young too. We don't play through that. Yeah. So I'm just <laughs> playing through it. Played through it about three games, and then game before the winter time, I'm like, ah, this ain't feeling too good, man. I gotta sit out. So like cool, just sit out the winter time and then see how it feels when you get back. I'm over in the winter, it doesn't get any better. Like it's still puffy. I'm yeah. like, man, what is good with this nigga? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm just thinking the whole time, all stuff going in my head. I'm like, nothing's getting better. Then I go back, take an MRI, and an ultrasound, and all this stuff, and it's like, oh piece of cartilage fell off your knee like, uh, the size of a nickel what I'm like what he's like yeah man this could be nine months to a year no I'm like you think Whoa. if you didn't you would have sat out from the jump without playing yeah yeah if I sat out from the jump you know I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been out that yeah. whole time but like who would have known that the bone bruise was gonna last that long you know like I, I can't fault anybody I can't even fault myself cause I didn't even know yeah the full extent yeah and yeah, he was like nine months to a year, bro. I was like, bro, I cried, man. I'm not even gonna lie to you, bro. I broke Shit. down in for the weeks. office. <laughs> broke down in the office, man. Called my pops. I was crying. Mm. Mm. You don't know what to think at that yeah. point because 
you know, those knee injuries linger for a minute, yeah, too. Man. You almost dealt with this knee injury for two, two seasons. Two years, yeah. man. Two seasons, bro. After that. Talk about mental toughness right there, though. Man. I think, you know, mental toughness is probably maybe even more important than your physical attributes it because it definitely the is. way you think even on the field, no matter how good you are, confidence plays a huge role. Huge role. So how did that kind of, you know, make you even tougher mentally? It made me tough, man, because, like, a year just sitting back and just watching, Yeah, it just, it's like being a caged animal at the zoo. Yeah. Just yeah. watching everybody walking past <laughs> you. People like, and then people talking smack and say, ah, oh, he ain't coming back, man. He's done. He's yeah. this. He's course, that. It's over. It's this. Oh, he was good. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. was not. Mm-hmm. And you're just that lion in the mm-hmm. cage. Mm-hmm. Little kids throwing food at you. And you're like, man, <laughs> wait till I get out of here. I'm to eat this kid, <laughs> Plotting for you. Plotting, man. And, and like, the days felt long. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie to you. Just, what were you doing with your time at that, at that time? At that time, I was just in my house a lot because I just wasn't feeling like going yeah, out. You know? Of course. And I couldn't fly home that summer either because like the reaction would be too much for my knee. So I'm just out there on my own. Luckily my mom and sister came out for a few weeks. Nice. That helped out a lot. Nice. I helped out a lot. Yeah. And then after they left, like it's back to the daily routine. There were some days where I was like, look, man, I don't even want to just... I, I, I just want to go home. Yeah. I was like, this is taking way too long. Yeah. Like, after all this, what, what, what you know? Mm-hmm. Like, nine mm-hmm. months? Mm-hmm. It's like two months in, and I'm like, <laughs> I have another year of this? <laughs> Come on, man. Plus rehab and fitness. Plus rehab and fitness. Fitness, all that. Yeah, so, I mean, I started, I started like, making beats. I got, mm-hmm. like, this, like, a Kai... Um, MPC thing, I, you know, just trying to just doing anything yourself. to try and pass yeah. the time, you know. You gotta entertain yourself. Stop watching soccer for a hot. Oh minute. yeah, you can't. You I can't. couldn't watch it, man. You, you see the younger kids trying to do well and stuff too. And I couldn't and turn, and it's not like I was hating on them. It's yeah, just like just, I just can't, can't play. Can't. I'm just yeah. like, man, what? Uh uh-uh. What is this? No way, I'm watching that either. Yeah, I, it was hard. It was hard. But then you know, once things started to like, once my symptoms started to die down. And that's when the motivation started to kick mm-hmm. in. Like, as soon as swelling started to go down, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, man. It's time. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's time, you know. And that chip on the shoulder. So, was Dorman kind of willing to keep you throughout those two seasons? And Yeah, they were They were good with it, man. I'm not even lie. When, when they found out that I was going to be out for that long time, Klopp called me into his office, and he was like, look, you know, injuries is a part of the game, you know. We ain't just gonna leave you like that, you know. It's like the club is your girlfriend, and you're going to jail. We're gonna be there for you. I was like, Whoa. "Oh man, thanks, coach. Whoa. Thanks, coach, dog." <laughs> you know, little did I know he was gonna get fired later. Shut a tear right there. But yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's real, man. That's real, <laughs> man. Know? That's love." Yeah, but like they even extended my deal. Also, because they knew like my injury was gonna take longer, so oh, they extended shit. it to let me do rehab. They were really invested. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they they helped That's me out a lot, a lot. So then you come back, kind of full fitness, and yeah. then you take the leap last year to go to Division Three. Yep. Was that more of a you know I need to get back, put my head down, get to work, get fitness repeti- repetition, repetition. Sorry. Yeah, it was, it was like um. Obviously, if I. 
could have gone someplace else, I would have, you know? Of course. But I was out of the game for two years. Yeah. And, like, people were like, man, I don't know if this knee's going to hold up. We ain't going to take that risk. Mm-hmm. So I was like a last resort mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? I had I had to go there. And it was frustrating, you know? I was like, yo, I'm, I'm coming from Dortmund. Like, yeah. I can't get anything else, yeah. you know? So it was like a blow to my ego. Not like I have a big ego. But it was like yeah, a blow yeah, yeah. to my, like, yeah. confidence. Yeah. Like, dang, I'm going to jump all the way down to third. That's team. what I'm saying. You're just that U.S. national yeah. team, first team, Dortmund, balling, yeah, starting. Yeah, man. I had to make that jump. Mm-hmm. So, like, hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, the first couple months I was there, like, it, I didn't hit the ground running when I was there either. Like, mm-hmm. kind of the, the coach there was, like, on his thing. Because I came there in January. So, he already had his squad, basically. Yeah. He was like... Ooh, I would come on. Sometimes I would come on for a little bit. You know, I would play here and there. And it was tough. And it was just building up in me like, man, what the... Yeah. I was getting frustrated. Yeah. Man. I was <laughs> like, man, because this, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. come on, yeah, you know? Yeah. It was it was, it was, was definitely playing up on my ego. And in the summer, like after that season, and I was at home in the winter and I was just, you know, around, being around my family in a tough time and stuff. It was like, man, this is the type of love I need, man. I don't want to go yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to go back, man. This is it, you know? And then that day, that last day came, my dad was like, look, man, just stick it out, man. Just hop on that, just hop on that mm-hmm. plane, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's going to be a good season. It's mm-hmm. going to be a good season. And hop back on that plane, man. I was playing... For a minute, I was playing revenge ball, you know? I was like, ugh. Angry game. You know, angry game. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was balling, but at the same time, like, I'm not an angry guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, She was just bringing me down, Mm -hmm. like, making my mood just Mm -hmm. too spiteful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I had to cool it down Mm -hmm. and be like, all right, you know, this is a game that you love to play, Mm -hmm. you know, so don't get too riled up about it. Mm -hmm. Just enjoy the fact that you're even able to play. Yeah. Because, like, going into my surgery, my doc was like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. You're going to be lucky if you even, like, play. Wow. You're kidding me. Yeah, he's like, bro, like, like, I'm not going to give you, like, assurance that you're going to play because we normally don't do this surgery for guys your age. This is more for elderly people that want to walk again, not play, like, high-level sports. And I'm like... Nah, don't no, tell me don't that. tell me that, yo. Me that, what I'll do you mean? The press room. Yeah, what do you mean? Mm. So like, yeah, I was definitely fueled up going into that season, mm-hmm. and it paid off. Mm-hmm. You know, and the club was behind me one hundred percent. You okay. know, when I came back in the summer, new coach, manager was there. Everybody was so helpful. Nice, that's Big what you mean. That team for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they gave me a green light on everything. Were you you were only signed for a one year deal there? Yeah, so, a year okay. and a half. Year and then. It kind of transitioned to this year. Yeah, were they scout the second division team? Yeah, they were scouting. Me. Okay, like they had already scouted me from from the halfway point when I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, but I just wanted to finish out so I could go on a free transfer. Mm-hmm. Do you have any short term and long term goals in this? Like out in Europe so far. Mm-hmm. In um, your career. Yeah, man. Just like you know, finishing out this season strong. Mm-hmm. Finishing out this season strong is is you know a big short term goal. Mm-hmm. Um, going into next season. 100% fit, um, just, you know, just playing game in and game out, staying consistent, and then long-term goals, man, just, like, reaching my full potential, yeah. basically, just reaching my full potential and, you know, helping my family, um, 
you know, I know my parents, they've been working hard their whole life, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. And I just want to oh, be yeah. able to get to that day where I can be like, look, guys, we can all chill. <laughs> we can all take a right. breath, you know. My right. pops, he's old school, original Ghana man. You know, he don't know anything else but work. Yeah. You know, yeah. he'd be out there on them fields, coaching them kids, yeah. the universities. I mean, since I can remember, yeah. man, I remember summer times where we would be out from like eight in the morning, not get home till like 1130 at night. Cause he's just out doing clinic yeah. after clinic after yeah. clinic after clinic mm. after clinic. And so mm. it'll just be nice when I can be like, look, man. You can just be my personal trainer. <laughs> just come kick out right. here whenever you right. want to. But yeah, that's my long-term goal for real. Because he's still impacting the DMV area. I mean, he's still the Howard coach right now. Yeah. He's grooming those kids. Yeah. We, I even played against him in college. I think that was one of his first year or two out in Howard. Word. But what he's doing for that program, I mean, we know, all know how good Howard is and yeah. <laughs> quality. But, yeah. you know, he's changed the whole program. I, mean, I know. He's I even know. brought, I've gone out there and trained. I've hit him up and gone train with the Howard boys. I know a couple other guys have been trained with Howard guys, and that's because of him. Yep. And we all respect him. So, man, I know that goes a long way. Sure. So, how do you feel about the U.S. not making the World Cup? Do you feel like that's kind of a wake up call? Yeah, man. It's, it's, it was a big blow for the Federation, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely a wake up call. Um, do you think that. And of course, you know, we want to make the World Cup and hindsight yeah. is kind of a blessing in disguise because we kind of expose our problems in a yeah. sense. Yeah, um, yeah. but that's like, that's the main thing. We got to like figure out exactly what it is, you know, because yeah. I feel like we're still a little bit in limbo right now. I think first we need to appoint a coach. Yeah. We need yeah. to get a coach first, you know, get a, get a style of play in place Yeah. and then go from there. Right now, I feel like we're in this phase where we're just trying to call everybody up, do this, do that, yeah. do this, do that. And it's like too much going on right now. You know, this is the, like, I think, feel like this should be like a, a building phase, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's tough to say. It's really tough to say. It's easy to say all the answers and do mm-hmm. this and that, mm-hmm. you know. But it's, it's a process. Like all these countries out here, they've been, this is like traditional. This is ingrained. Like Brazil, yeah. Yeah. Germany. Big countries like yeah. that, that, like they have a system. Yeah. Like I was telling you yeah. earlier, how Argentina and uh, and Brazil, they like export all them players, yeah. man. Yeah, like fifteen hundred a year, right? Fifteen hundred a year. Yeah. They're sending guys out, and that's standard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in the states, we're lucky to spend like <laughs> fifty <laughs> in a year. You know, and if that they have that track record, you know, yeah. it's it's not gonna come overnight. You right. know, but talent wise. There's yeah. no, there's yeah. not a shortage of yeah. players. You know? I mean, we see a good wave of kids now that are starting to play overseas some more. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a yeah. lot of young guys over here, man, yeah. doing their thing too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. So coming from your experience, though, you're talking about the styles, the European styles of Brazilian, the German. You look at our system and our style with, you know, kind of the pay-to-play system. You feel like that system in itself is hurting us, or what other yeah. problems? It's tough, it's tough man, because you know. Like, that pay-to-play system, you don't get a lot of, you know, you don't get a certain demographic of players. Yeah. Like, that pay-to-play, Yeah. those guys go play basketball. <laughs> yeah. They go play football. Why pay to play? Why pay to play when we go, we can go over yeah. here, we can play at the park. Yeah. yeah. We can go Easily. over here, mm-hmm. we can play a little league, mm-hmm. and get on a high school team, and then go to college for free, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's 
that's what it really is. I feel like we've lost a lot of talent. I mean, this is 2018 now. Yeah. But this is for years and years and years ago. I mean, it's a lot. A lot amount of kids. I mean, pretty much everyone that you know you can think of played soccer at some point yeah. as a youth. Yeah. And just look at Odell Beckham. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even he said he probably would have played soccer too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they and as a kid, they, you love soccer, mm-hmm. but it just mm-hmm. gets to that age where you're paying like seven k, eight k to play club ball, and then a lot of these kids are going to like school, private schools yeah. now. Like yeah. you gotta have real, yeah. money real money to play soccer, especially in, in our area. Yeah, especially in our area. Yeah, real it's money. difficult, man. Mm-hmm. And like me, I was lucky. Me and me and Lester were lucky because like Lester was like my brother back in the day. Every team that we played on, my dad was the coach. So like <laughs> Lester played for free, and then I was the coach's son, so yeah. I played for free. Yeah. So you know that was like a plus. But like, there's a lot of guys that can't pay that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then like like academy now, it's, yeah. it's hard. You yeah. know. And Do you feel that a lot more players need to come to Europe in, in order to develop, or will be all right in America? Go on that system for a certain age. Yeah, for a certain age, you're okay in America. But like, once you hit a certain age, then you gotta come to Europe mm-hmm. if you want to make that like make that jump. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because after a certain age, like you can tell the difference between a guy who's been over in Europe for a while and a mm-hmm. guy who's just coming over. Mm-hmm. You can tell the difference, mm-hmm. and these coaches can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, like from a from a raw athletic app standpoint, your first like 16, 17 years, you can play in the states fine, mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then come back over and be, be Gucci. Yeah. But then after that, once you get into like that next level, then it's, you know, different. Yeah. Do you feel like the MLS needs to change a little bit? Like how does the MLS need to grow in order to be one, producing top national team talent and top talent worldwide and two, you know, kind of compete with the rest of the world? That's also tough to say, man, you know, because MLS is, is still such a new league. It's growing. Yeah. And these leagues, like the Premier League, the Bundesliga, they've been around for so long. You know, they have a set formula already. Yeah. You know, um, with the MLS, is very different. Just like now, how you have the transition to academy, all of a sudden, you, yeah. know, you have a whole yeah. different scouting yeah. scouting uh, cycle. Kids know? can't even play high school ball anymore. Exactly. So it's a whole different dynamic now, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like once things go on a bit longer, then, you know, we'll be able to find, like, a certain a certain... A certain standard mm-hmm. as of right now it's just like growing pains pretty much we, we literally the feather is going through growing pains right now yeah it is it is going through growing we kind of need to go through those rough spells though now in order to come out right to reach our full potential we need to be that's why i was thinking kind of it's a blessing in disguise that we didn't make the world cup so we can address these problems yeah and fix kind of things so what's it like though being an african-american first off in the sport but here in germany playing soccer yeah being african-american in the sport it's funny because like when uh when I had first moved into uh, my pops, we had all moved to a, a new neighborhood in Silver Spring, and like none of my friends played soccer. Of course not. Of course none not. of them played soccer. So when I came around with a soccer ball, they were like, "Hey, yo, Joe plays soccer." <laughs> Ew. Who plays soccer? Everybody was playing basketball. Like every Friday, we would play football against this other neighborhood, and like. I would bring my ball so I could play soccer afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it was like different, like being a bit isolated. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But like, as I started climbing up the ranks, then my voice started being like, oh, snap, Joe plays soccer. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the, you know? Yeah. And then being African-American in Germany, um, 
it's like when you see an African, when you see like a black person in Germany, and you see him like at a certain like social standard, it's either you're a soccer player or like a, a basketball player yeah. overseas, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that's like yeah. kind of the the stereotype that I get. Uh, most of the time. It's interesting you say that though because I mean I don't play here but I've been traveling Germany recently yeah. and the amount of looks I get. Yeah. It's yeah, different in America looks. though like I feel like here it's more out of curiosity yeah. because like you said it's either an athlete yeah. basketball or soccer or it's just like you know what's this guy exactly. doing? Exactly. What's so this guy doing? I'm here? traveling by myself and stuff and I'm getting the amount of looks but I know it's not because of like a racism kind of right. thing as much as they're just curious like right. what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and then it like it, it's it's like amplified because I have a dog too, uh, and you know, and like a big boy, too. big a big dog, and like you see me walking down the street, they're like, "Whoa, what yeah. the heck?" Cross the other side. Cross, of the yeah, side. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely a, a a bit different with that, but I mean, it's cool, and I mean, I'm a homebody anyway, so I don't yeah. even really be out like yeah. that. Like yeah, that. but yeah, when I go, out, I definitely get a few stares. Have you experienced any racist chance out here or anything? You know, I know players Oof. like. Boateng yeah. and um, some other players are mentioning a monkey chance. And yeah, you, you, you'll get that from time to time. Like, there's been a couple of times where I played out in East Germany and, like, I'll get a few monkey chants. Yeah. I'll get, like, spit on the back of my jersey, like, when I'm walking on that side. Mm. Um, but, yeah, man, you can't even let that stuff affect you. Because, like, once they see that you're going to get Ball. amped up, they're yeah. going to keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, why yeah. would you even play into yeah. that? They, they paid money to get into the stadium. Right. So, right. I mean, I'm cool. I mean, that's something a little different, you know, in the atmosphere and the passion and the environment. In America, you're not... The reason why I asked that, too, with the racist chance because it's different out here in Europe. You know, the passion, the fans. Right, right, right. America, no matter what, really, it's more of like a social game and social aspect. Right, right, you're supporting right. a team, but you're not that passionate as you are here in Europe. Right. And people actually take it seriously when, yeah. you know, they see too many black players on the team and... It's like, real. Yeah. It's real, it's real out here. It's real. It's real. They really stand behind the team out here. For sure. So what kind of motivates you to keep following your dream? The motivation, man, is just... Like, endurance, bro. Mm-hmm. It's endurance, man. Like, endure to the end. Because it's like if you stop, you'll never know what could have been. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, as long as you're playing, anything can happen. Yeah. yeah. You know? Anything. A year can change your a life. A year can change your life, change man. Life. Yeah. If you just, you know, just fight through. I mean, you, I know, I'm sure you've probably seen that picture where that guy's, like, digging. And the one dude, it shows, like, two pictures. The one guy, they're both digging for gold. Oh, yeah. And the yeah, one guy yeah. turns his back yeah. and he's, like, right there, far away yeah. from the gold. Man, I wouldn't. Oh. Yeah. So, oh. if you stop, like, you never know. Yeah. That next step could have been your break. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just like what keeps me going also is like, okay, I was up at Dortmund and mm-hmm. I got knocked down mm-hmm. and I got back up. Mm-hmm. Now I'm back out here. Like I'm making moves. And this is, and I haven't even been fit a full two years yet. Mm-hmm. Like in all reality, when I really think about it, I just started playing soccer again, January, 2017. Right. January, 2017, bro, is when I first started playing soccer again, right. man. So like things move fast. Like, yeah. A season, a season was And I mean, good. you get signs like, it's either, we were talking about earlier, it's either, you know, are you getting signs to quit or are you getting signs to keep going? Right. And then, you know, you come back from your injury, two years, you ball out right there in the third division. You know, you can either go 
uphill or downhill. You, right. Of course, you're going to give it one more shot to see. Right. But if things don't go well, it's like, all right, like, whatever. But then you get signs like that to keep going. To keep growing. Get called up to the second team. Now, you, yeah, you're dealing with something minor right now, but yeah. you're already from the jump in preseason. Right. You know, balling from there, too. So little things like that, you know, it's just got to keep going because you never know. Even if end of the day you get to our 30s and 40s and we're still maybe we didn't reach our potential that we wanted to do but we're still able to impact you know the next generation exactly. set up a system for them for they can be so they can be successful you know that's kind of exactly the way that I'm on now too because you never know with this thing it's the same thing with this podcast like I'm just trying to just inform other people right that are listening up and coming you know what this journey is really about yeah yeah what, what kind of makes this profession fulfilling what makes it fulfilling, man, is just seeing how you, like, improve over yeah. the years. And then when you, like, get on the field on a big stage and then you see everything come together, you know, like, big games or, you know, the stadium, the crowd. Because, like, in all reality, we're doing it because we love the game. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if I didn't really love the game, I wouldn't be going through all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't be still playing if I didn't love it. I yeah. would have been like, look, man, I'm cool. I'm going home. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I love playing. Yeah. And that's what, you know, keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Just you know, having the ball at my feet. Mm-hmm. You know, any chance I get, getting that to run out of guy. And just being able to, you know, to hopefully be able to put people in position, pass it on to my... My, my, my family, you know, later when I have kids, you know, just being able to set them up through something that I love doing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Can't beat that. Exactly. Can't beat that. Impacting the youth back in our area yeah. to keep that going. Exactly. Yeah. What advice would you give to young players who are trying to, you know, become a professional or just young up-and-coming aspiring soccer players in general? Um, just, you gotta be ready to endure lot of stuff yeah gotta be ready to endure don't you know there's gonna be a lot of stuff that's gonna slam you back but you gotta you know know that that's gonna happen yeah you gotta keep going gotta always keep going and be patient yeah you know like I know a lot of youngs that be like I don't wanna be pro now like I wanna go I wanna do this I wanna go do that and like when you're so eager you end up skipping steps yeah and then you end up throwing yourself off course yeah like, you gotta go through the ranks. Yep. Like, there is no you really do. jump skipping. There is none of that, you know? It's funny you mentioned that, though, because right after college for me, we went to 810s, we go to the NCAA tournament, I'm thinking, like, MLS, 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 you yeah. know? And like, you want to make that leap. Right. Looking back on things, man, I did not know the game of soccer. We were talking about that earlier. I didn't understand the tactics, the movement off the ball. Right. I don't think until I came to Richmond... I'm so thankful I went through those three years in Richmond because they grew me. I, I tell people college, besides like the toughness and the athleticism and the, just the fight, we didn't play soccer right. in college. Yeah. Those four years, my teen years, I didn't play soccer right. until I became a pro. Yeah. And then I grinded through the process, you know, worked up the ranks. I'm still working. I'm going into my sixth year now, next year. It's not for the Swifts, but you right. got to keep going. You have to go through the ranks. And like you said, you have to, you know, the mental aspect of the game, as we mentioned earlier, I think is more important because... It's hard to stay patient. It's hard to, all right, I'm going to put my head down and get to work and, you know, <clears throat> sacrifice this time just to right. get to where I want to be. It's not easy. It's not you look at the top, easy. top, top athletes, not even just in soccer, but other sports and stuff, and 
You know, a lot of times they might not be the most talented because right. they just persevere and they're determined to keep right. fighting, to keep pushing, to get better. And I feel like a lot of people, when they when they look up top like that, you just see them at the pinnacle. Yeah. You just see yeah. Neymar up there. like, But you don't know everything that they do to get there. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Neymar's been playing. He's been on top since he was young. Hmm. But you don't know maybe what he had to go through before that yeah. time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's... It's a different... Brazil's a different country. Yeah. You don't know what's going on over there mm-hmm. with life and everything. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go into it. Like, you just see Messi. Yeah. You think you don't Messi, know. You think Messi yeah. had it all easy. Yeah. But that man was a midget. Midget, legit, right, right. A legit midget. And said he wasn't going to play. He's too small. Taking hormones, <sighs> taking all types of stuff just to try and get big. Mm. And... I think like we're so conditioned like when you see every weekend like when time passes like you think like Messi's just playing week in week out but he's dealt with his fair share of injuries as well oh, yeah he's had knee problems he's had hamstring problems back problems he just yeah. broke his arm like right it's you're gonna get like it's sports mm-hmm. this type of force on your body isn't normal mm-hmm. so it's you're gonna get hurt mm-hmm. like things are gonna happen you know mm-hmm. You gotta it's be how you able, handle it. It's how you handle it. You gotta go through that stuff, you know. And also, prevention is a major of thing course. as well. You gotta yes. take care of your body. Yes. You gotta take care. That's of your body. something I really didn't learn until, like, of course, when you're young and you're teen, you think you're invisible. Yeah. Then we get to the pro. I got to the pros, and I started seeing dudes. I've been very fortunate enough <laughs> not deal with any injuries like that, but like seeing other guys hamstring injuries, like Alex Lee, another mem- former member of BYF. Shout out, Alex. He deals with hamstring problems constantly. Him and Justin and nah, not so much Nate, but they deal with a lot yeah. of hamstring problems. You know, injury prevention, right. after games, stretching, right. putting the right protein and things back into your body. Like, I never really thought of those little things at all growing yeah, up. Man. Ever. Yeah, but man. your body is a gas tank. And you need the right fuel to keep your engine going. You need that. You need that. You know? Mm. And yeah, man. Shout out to the youth. Jeez. Well, that's life, though. But yo, Joe. Appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, it was a pleasure. Best episode I've had yet. Sir. Stay tuned, footy fans, for more episodes coming through. Thanks for listening in. Have a good one.